Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Cast Iron, a podcast all about metal. I'm your host, Lewis Clark, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Alan Williamson. Hello, Alan. G'day. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Very well. So, this is our first recording session in... Uh, it's well, been since last last March. Uh, uh, well, we last, last episode. yeah, but we recorded that in like December. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man, yeah, yeah, oh, I know wow. it's mad. Long time no speak, hey. Um, but yeah, so we're recording a couple of episodes back to back here, so you should hopefully have these in nice quick succession, which is good. Uh, we've been looking to sort of uh, get that down in the calendar for a little while now. Um, but yeah, so in this episode, we're taking a look at the sophomore effort from New York Progressive Hardcore Outfit. Every time I die, that's right, it's time for Hot Damn! I'm actually quite disappointed that at no point in the album does anybody shout, Hot damn! <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think any of the actual song titles on this album are actually uttered in the song themselves. Uh, they're all sort of weird puns and just daft sort of emo-looking long titles. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> so Every Time I Die, um, they are, like I say, a progressive hardcore sort of band um they mix sort of metalcore into their sound as well and they like a nice bluesy riff uh and on the wikipedia page they are one of the genres they are described as are southern rock and i don't know if i'd actually uh, agree with that too much to be honest with you but i can so, uh, yeah, i i can i can totally bands that this album reminded me of so yeah, i don't yeah. entirely disagree with that mm, okay but i mean so I don't know what way you want to tackle this because it's uh, it's quite a short one. It is indeed, and, twenty-seven minutes and, long. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 in and out. Um, that's that's quicker than my uh, my drive home. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I think with this one, we can probably talk about each of the songs, but um, we we can get more into why that might be hard or why that might you know might be easy. Yeah, um, yeah. As we go through it. So, do you have any experience with Every Time I Die prior to this? Is this your first time listening no. to them? No. Right. Absolutely none, and I, I, I did, I did my usual, which is, oh, let's go for a run and put this on and see how it goes, and that was a big mistake. Um, <laughs> it's no, a bit all over um, the place, tempo wise, isn't it? Yes, because it's a bit all over the place, but also um, anything that doesn't have like quite a, a high up riffy guitar mix, yeah, or yeah. something you're not overly familiar with, mm. is just hard to hear when there's traffic going past. Yeah, yeah, that's so, fair. Uh, mistake, mistakes were made. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so this is sort of a, a much more down-tuned, sort of a dirty, groovy record, I suppose. Um, I think it's definitely kind of slightly groovy, kind of swampy and sludgy. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's bits of thrash in here. There's just some tinges of like everything from ZZ Top to, to Mastodon coming in here, yeah. which I think does give it that, that southern rock feel at times. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so I suppose... It's a weird one in that, like, this is probably not the most traditionally metal-sounding record that we've done on the podcast. For well, a while. I, I look because I was listening to the first track the other day, and I was like, "Hold on, this is a punk album." Yeah, yeah, this absolutely, is hardcore punk. Yeah. <laughs> but I did check Wikipedia, and it does say metalcore. Yeah, so yeah. you are you're off the hook. For this one. <laughs> there, there's definitely elements of metal permeate in their sound, and I think, but traditionally, I'd say this is more of a hardcore record. Um, and that's why I like it, because <laughs> I do like me some hardcore. Um, so yeah, my introduction to Every Time I Die came 
Oh, so um, do you remember Kerrang TV? Um, yes. <laughs> so back in the day, like early two thousand, should I admit? Should I admit that Kerrang <laughs> TV and Scuzz? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, well, uh, see, this is the thing. This is um, where my sort of experience with every time I die comes from is that um, when I first sort of was getting into heavy music, early two thousands, going to gigs for the first time and stuff. Um, Crank TV was obviously quite unique and a bit special because, you know, a heavy music channel. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't really yeah, get to see. Any, well, is there any place to get it unless you went to like MTV yeah, or VH1 yeah. really late at night? That's it. That's it. Um, and I, yeah, I, I was always fascinated by music videos at the time as well. I just I thought like music television was quite an interesting concept. Um, but yeah, um, you do, you soon notice with Kerrang TV that there was a certain playlist that would get repeated over and over and over, and it would be like certain new metal bands. So you'd always get like a Corn song, a Slipknot song, <laughs> um, System of a Down probably, and then you get some yeah. classic rock like Guns N' Roses and Metallica thrown in there as well. But it was always that same stuff on repeat every hour. Um, and then Scuzz came along, and that was uh, so another heavy music channel, and that was my preferred choice at the time uh, because it was a lot more sort of new bands and just a little bit more variety and i remember seeing the video to ebola rama which is off this album on scars back in the day and just being like i want everything to do with this band because <laughs> that's that's a mad video if you've never seen it it's basically um the band playing the song uh in a roller rink <laughs> so they're in the middle and there's like a roller disco going on around them but they're obviously playing hardcore punk and just absolutely going for it and i always thought that was a nice Nice bit of contrast there. I like a good bit of juxtaposition. Um, but yeah, always, always struck struck a chord that one. And um, and yeah, Hot, uh, Hot Down was the first album I got into them. It's not their obviously their first record. Uh, their first album is called uh, Last Night in Town, if I remember correctly. Um, uh -huh. What the only record I haven't heard. I've never particularly heard anybody um, sort of uh, hype it up or anything like that. So I've never felt the need to go to it. But since I listen to Hot Down, I've kind of followed them pretty closely and I've got every release since then. Um, they had a big breakthrough with a follow-up gutter phenomenon because that came out on Roadrunner Records, which are obviously uh, oh, okay. uh, famous for Slipknot and Nickelback, among other things. Um, Looks other articles of di diametrically opposed uh, qualities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, they, they um, definitely give bands a bit of a, uh, a push, old Roadrunner. So, uh, yeah, that, that And was, I think uh, their, their latest one's on um, Epitaph. They've been on Epitaph so for quite they... a number of years now. So, yeah, so, um, yeah. that's more of their longer-standing uh, label since... Uh, epitaph is the epitaph is the the bad religion. Absolutely, uh, they are the punk label, it's, it's, pretty much. So, it's yeah. Brad Gurowitz. So I'm still not convinced that we should be covering this on a on a metal podcast. But <laughs> it's probably our it's probably our own fault for um, saying it was about metal <laughs> rather than saying it was about heavy music. And we just gotta just gotta take this one on the chin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, there's enough metal in here, I, I think, to justify it. So let's like discuss, I guess. Um, it's like I say, like you said, it's a short one. It's only twenty-seven minutes long. Um, doesn't you know uh, pull any punches? Pretty much in and out. Um, so yeah, things kick off with Romeo a go go. Uh, which is just a relentlessly fast hardcore song. Um, there is a bit of a time change into a slower, groovier riff, 
um, and then it picks back up into a faster pace. A little bit of touch of a black metal sound in this, in that you get some uh, nice sort of tremolo pick bits and a little bursts of blast beats, which I quite like. Uh, and then there's a very sort of metalcore-esque breakdown near the end of the song. So a very progressive track, and it's a nice, nice encapsulation of what Every Time I Die are all about in the first song there. What do you think? There's, de- there's definitely a lot going on with these tracks. Yeah, yeah. It's 27 minutes long. It's it's sonically dense. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. What I, what I, my, my notes were that it's kind of it's like organized chaos. There's just <laughs> enough structure to this yeah, yeah. where it's not completely unhinged. Mm. But... um. I listened to this a few times, and then we were driving home in the car today. Yeah, yeah. I said to Jess, right, you need to listen to this thing, see (laughs) see what you think of it, Um, because I've been submerged in it. And she goes, why are they hitting everything at once? (laughs) Love it. (laughs) And and I was thinking, yeah, that's that's pretty fair. And it's it's definitely not easy listening. No, no. And um, and. I, I learned pretty quickly that actually whenever I think about liking metalcore, I quite like melodic metalcore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, there's a, and there's a big difference. Mm. So it's interesting, um, actually, because like at this point in the band's career, they are, like you say, very abrasive, very chaotic. Um, and I don't know how you felt about uh, the vocalist Keith Buckley's vocals, but uh, he's obviously mainly a screamer for most of this record, but he does uh, sing. I, uh, and... I really struggled, um, and then we can talk about it more when we, we go to the next song off Broadway. Yeah, yeah. But um, after I listened to this, I give Gutter Phenomenon a crack, mm. and and this is probably, you know, I'm probably losing my, my cred here, but yeah. I like that sound a bit better. Yeah, yeah. I like that it was a lot, I like the like the clean singing a bit better. Mm. Um, obviously, so- it, doesn't have that raw edge to it. No, no, but, no, absolutely. Um, I, I find the, the screaming pretty hard to get into. Right, no, that's fine, that's fair. Um, I ch- think challenging. at this point in uh, Keith Buckley's career as well, I think his singing is... Uh, it hasn't been uh, trained at this point. Uh, he is very much yep. kind of uh, self-taught and... His singing is kind of like off-key crooning a bit. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, it's not something yeah, it I would like he's recommend. Had a, had a few, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's certainly unique. Let's put it that way. But um, from like you say, gut phenomenon. I think he actually does uh, see a vocal coach and actually improves greatly. Uh, some of the more recent records, in particular, there are straight sung songs, and he's got a really nice voice actually. And um, also, he's in a bit of a weird supergroup as well with. Um, What's his face from Anthrax? Scott Ian, uh, called the Damn uh-huh. Things, and uh, yeah, Scott Ian, two first names. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Damn Things uh, released one album well, back in two thousand and ten called I- I- Ironoclast. Uh, he loves the weird joining of words into another phrase. <laughs> that seems to be a very sort of Keith Buckley thing. But um, yeah, uh, that's obviously predominantly sung as well, more of a heavy metal, hard rock kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you get a bit of a an idea, better an idea of uh, how well Keith Buckley can sing. But at this point in his career, very early on, a uh, little bit uh, self-taught, and I wouldn't say that his singing was the greatest. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, it, it can be a bit of a barrier, I think, with this album in particular. I mean, I I think um, yeah, going back to Jess's car comment about hitting everything at once, <laughs> it is like a big, it's a big dense sonic wall that hits you. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's probably just as well as his twenty-seven minutes because I think if it was any longer, I'd be I'd be starting to struggle by the end of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you'd be absolutely. Not to say exhausted. I didn't enjoy parts of it, but mm. in terms of albums we've listened to, it's 
um probably the most most challenging thing since uh since sixth yeah yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> last time i last time i made comments about sixth, the band found out about it on uh, twitter so, <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, they follow us everything now, we so, listen yeah. to is, everything listened to is totally awesome and i have no criticism whatsoever at the end i love you so sick. thanks it's for fine. listening you can catch us on twitter <laughs> No, it's all good. But yeah, no, it's it. But that one I got it. That one I got into, and you know, the, with a lot of these albums, it just takes me a couple of listens to appreciate what's going on. Yeah, but yeah. it's not something you put on for a spin in a road trip and and nod your heads to. No, it's no, absolutely. Kind of I think any any good record um, deserves a couple of listens before you can make an opinion of it. To be honest with you, I'd, I'd never, um, I'd never base an opinion on anything off the first go, just because, as well, because like heavy music in general is quite challenging. It's very difficult uh, if you come from a background where you wouldn't, you know, more traditional song structures and pop music and things like that. To go into something like this is 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 quite demanding. I think you do really need to give it some, uh, you know, a bit of attention and things. I remember, God, I mean, we've spoken about it before. Like one of the first heavy albums I ever got into was Iowa by Slipknot, and I remember that being just so challenging because it's just yeah. like, how do I even process what's going on here? It's so dense, you know. Um, or even like whenever we we did the Jester race before, and unless you know what you're listening for in those albums, you go, "What the what the hell is this shit?" Yeah, that's it. That's and, it. Until you understand where the vocals fit into the mix and what they're trying to do, and what you're what you're listening for and what you're not listening to, and as you say, your your ear is attuned to pop music and stuff like we're both michael jackson fans but yeah, absolutely it's a little bit yeah, different yeah. from the a little bit different from the jester race isn't it? <laughs> yeah no? absolutely absolutely so yeah it's just a case of adjusting your ears to different styles that's all and yeah you need to you, you absolutely need to give things a second chance before casting a judgment like uh i've always reviewed records the same way i'd never i'd never review an album off the back of one listen I'd, i think that would be unfair to the artists to just give it the once through and go right that's that's what all i think about this not um, even, not even uh, like a disturbed album or something. Oh like well, that. if it was something I disliked, then absolutely. There's no, there's no reason to suffer through that again. God, <laughs> I'd certainly want, want to the, listen. I was listening to the new Disturbed album at the gym at the weekend, and there's at least two tracks that I actually <laughs> quite, quite like. Yeah, uh, I, I, I understand what people, what, what people like about Disturbed, uh, and I feel like an awful lot of it is a bit of a nostalgia act for a lot of people as well. Oh, it's just it's just pop. It's just pop music. That's okay. <laughs> like it, every every album's the same, but you know that's okay. <laughs> Lots of people like enjoy the taste of Diet Coke, and they're not expecting a different drink every yeah, time yeah, you open yeah. the can. You know. Well, I certainly wouldn't want it, uh, anything other than an Offspring album from the Offspring. So yeah, it's a very similar sort yeah. of deal, isn't it? So. Yeah. Good. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> So yeah, let's move on then. Um, we are on to Off-Broadway, which you previously uh, just mentioned a little bit there. I'd say this was a bit of a groovier metalcore song in particular. This, this is definitely more, more of what I would consider to be a, a metalcore ref. Hey, There you go, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you totally do get elements of metal uh, with Every Time I Die, and this track in particular is probably one of the more metal-sounding songs on the record. Uh, nice big groove to it. Um, you get that sort of, like I say, that sort of southern-esque sort of uh, groove to their to their music every now and again, and uh, this is certainly one of those songs that showcases it a little bit closer. Uh, good track. Again, I, I feel like um, the first sort of four songs of this record are an absolute just blast through you know uh 
they really sort of grab your attention very quickly and, sh- and show you what the bands are about. Um, it gets a little bit more progressive, I think, around track five, but we'll get to that obviously when I, when we, when we approach it. Um, yep. but yeah, cool track. Another, another Barnstormer, one of my favorites. Um, how about you? Um, I think again, at this point, I was still struggling to get into the vocals. Yeah. yeah. And I was sort of at this point questioning what they added, but there is a bit of singing in this. Mm. Um, this track and I like it much more than the screaming mm. and I think I'd just I'd prefer it more clean more of the time and I appreciate what you're saying is it you know it's a bit it's not not exactly in tune all the time yeah yeah um, but I, I I'd prefer somewhere more in the direction of like the new black of gutter phenomenon yeah but yeah. having said that my my head was starting to nod along and they were breaking me down yeah yeah uh, I have a feeling down through the breakdowns <laughs> I have a feeling that the next track I've been gone a long time it might be one of your favorites then Because I feel like this is the more traditionally rocky song on the record. It's got a nice big bluesy opening riff, and the structure. Oh, it's got a really big hook. Yeah, yeah. The structure is very much more traditional, you know, sort of rock song more than the progressive, chaotic, hardcore leanings that we've had previously. Um, I love this track. I think it's um, it becomes a bit of a staple with every time I die. They'll have like lots of chaotic, hardcore stuff on any record, but there'll be certain select songs that will be a little bit more traditionally rock in structure and just a lot more memorable and very catchy and nice nice grooves and licks and like you say and uh this is totally the one on this record i think um yeah it's a it's a real catchy little number this was this one was a, a breath of fresh air for me <laughs> and um i i thought it was just a great track for bouncing about like an idiot at a gig yeah it's the kind of thing you'd they did play in the encore, and the whole thing would just kick off. Mm, absolutely, it is a bit like it is a bit like ZZ Top goes hardcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I get it. I get it. It's got that kind of clangy, almost steel guitar sound. The bridge and chorus are really bendy. Yeah, and at some points, it's got a good sludge metal feel to it. So I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah. and that. And uh, I was I was kind of relieved because I thought, oh, I don't know if I can go through ten tracks of this. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be like it all sounds the same, <laughs> it all sounds bad. But um, no, I really, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, no, it's a real barnstorm. A great, great track. I really, really enjoyed this one, and, and, and a nice shift in tone. Like, I mean, it doesn't like um, lose its pace at any point. Um, that if you talk, if you think about the album in a whole, like, I think just this is a, just a nice little diversion um, that. It's it's it, like you know it's not a slow track by any means. It's still very much no. uh, in keeping with their sound. It's just uh, just stylistically a little bit different, a little bit catchier, and uh, a nice little showcase piece uh, for their songwriting. I think. Um, so moving on to track four, we have Godspeed Us to Sea. <laughs> Um, another metally sounding song. I think this one, a big groovy metalcore opening. Um, 
and the bass drops I think are very sort of hate breedy <laughs> that sort of doom as it like uh, <laughs> you know um, it's just oh, I love that sort of thing it's, it's very much like here's the bit where you mosh um, Th- this uh, sounds like to, to me this is like Mastodon the Lost Sessions oh Even, I love you know, this song this could have been, been a this, this could have been a lost track off um, <laughs> off Leviathan and <laughs> I mean, one of the one of the things with this song is I really like this one, and I think there's a lot going on, and yeah. I get that the whole thing's fast and furious, but I think this could have used a bit more time on the stage. Yeah, yeah, because no, I get it. I get there's it. there's some ideas like the like the final riff. Yeah, that I could have gone another thirty seconds of that to see yeah, where they yeah. wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, you know, while it while it's going, it really moves, but. It almost feels like it's cut off too short. That's, that's a fair that's... criticism. That's a fair criticism. I think this one has a lot of like really memorable riffs in it, in particular. Um, I th- it, lots of my personal favourite moments on this album, in particular, can be encapsulated quite well in this album, in this song, in particular, because there's just so many oh big chunky grooves to it, and it's just like oh I love that riff. Oh this is a nice section. Uh, it's just like yeah, it's. I, I get where you're coming from in that it feels a little bit stunted, perhaps, um, just because just, there's a lot need, of nice ideas there that probably could have, you probably could have milked them a little bit. But um, you uh, need enough time to get it hooked into your ears, <laughs> and um, and that you need you need enough time to hear the riff a few times so you can get into a groove with it before it moves on to the next bit. And sometimes I feel this moves on so quick and there's so many ideas yeah. that I've I've almost not got time to enjoy it, and that. And then, and then when you come back to it, and I'm listening, and we get like, oh, do I remember this track? Oh, which one's this? And um, it's just as well, just as well, I take notes. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. Um, it, it just it, that might be part of the inaccessibility for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think as well, like um, the way you're approaching it sounds like you're coming in it, coming out as a metal fan, whereas the way I'm approaching it is perhaps coming in as more of a punk fan. In that, I kind of like that sort of like in and out get all your ideas on the paper and just like <laughs> just go for it as quick as possible and just not fuck about sort of thing i i enjoy the i enjoy the speed and the sort of uh, truncated ele- uh, elements of like punk music in particular and yeah I, I i really enjoy the fact that these are short songs nice quick burst of just aggression and hey we're on to the next thing sort of thing you know like, i like that a lot oh. All you need to know is that you are a big hardcore punk fan, whereas I am a punk rock fan. Yeah, yeah, that's and, fair. Uh, and my and my favorite band is Bad Religion. Yep. Like well, well, over and above any any metal band, uh, they're absolutely my favorite. Mm. And I like bands like Bad Religion and Pennywise yeah, and some yeah. of the more skate punky stuff like Offspring and Millencolin and those kind of things. So that's so that's that's how I got into music, I guess. At the same at the same time, you were. Watching the video for a Bullerama on Kerrang TV, I was just playing a lot of Crazy Taxi and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, hey, I was doing the so, same thing. Don't you worry about that, mate. Don't you worry about that. But maybe we were taking different things from those soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. But um, and but but I would like to point out that this is this is meant to be a metal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, but it, but that's but that's why it's good. That's that's why we come to it with different opinions and things because Absolutely. we can. We will have a better a better opinion for the two of us, oh, and it's yeah. not to say that I don't I don't like any of this. Like, it wasn't like I didn't enjoy it or find it you know repulsive. It wasn't yeah, yeah. making my skin crawl. It's no, no. just very different to the kind of things I normally enjoy. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, and I've, I'm totally comfortable with getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but, that's uh, that's kind of the reason why took, I want to do it this way. So absolutely. Yeah, but but this but this definitely took me out of there. 
Yeah, yeah, no, completely. And I mean, with the next episode in particular, um, it's a band that I am unfamiliar with as well. So, um, you know, uh, for your sins, <laughs> for my sins, absolutely. <laughs> um, so that's you know, that's the that's why I wanted to do this with you, fellow. It's it's always a case of you know, it's two differing opinions approaching the same piece of work, and I, I think that makes a much more interesting uh, <laughs> sequence of um, opinions than just you know your standard. Oh, we both like heavy music. Here we go. Um, yeah, two two white guys talking about heavy music. We get all quickly, especially because I've grown a beard recently. Oh, okay. That's probably it's probably not coming across on the <laughs> audio feed. Uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruffle the microphone. Uh, <laughs> we like, like to be different. This album's different. That's okay. It's mm. okay to be different. But What's yeah. next? Something, some absolute madness. Yeah, absolutely. She's my Rushmore, which is, um, uh, yeah, he- heavier on the metal spectrum, I think. Very dissonant and very chaotic, this track. Um, but I think maybe at a detriment. I think this is one of the songs I'd probably skip over. It's not as memorable uh, because of its dissonance, I think. There's not as uh, many hooks or riffs or grooves. It's very much a sort of hardcore attack on the old senses there. Yep, it definitely, um, definitely, puts, the, definitely puts the core in metalcore, this one, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get it, the, the, it is the shortest track, right? I think so. Yeah, you get you get a lot of the sort of weakness of Buckley's singing on display on this one as well. You know, he sounds a bit weedy and a bit um, off key, as as we've mentioned previously, um, because there's a little bit more singing on this track in particular. Uh, so, well, yeah. actually, the the last line of this one stuck in my head. The was it the greatest lovers and murderer first? They, okay, we we can talk about the lyrics um, probably in the next track, floater, but. Mm. Um, they, yeah, that line stuck in my brain, so that was that was the least interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. Um, but yeah, that's pretty, it's it's not um, a particularly memorable one for me. It's not it's, it's a particularly bad track or anything like that. Like I say, it's very chaotic, very intense. But I just find the uh, the lack of melody a little bit affecting on this one. It, it feels like it's missing something for me. I, I want more riffs. I want more grooves. Um, come into the light. God, you're speaking my language. Now. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, we then move into Floater. Again, quite dissonant, quite atonal, I guess. Uh, uh, very similar in in concept to the previous one it's i feel that there's a general lack of riffs in favor of being quite wild and unpredictable um but it does move into a nice metalcore-esque breakdown at the end which uh, certainly gives you a nice stompy here's a mosh moment for you which i i do enjoy um so yeah um a tad better than she's my rushmore but still very much that sort of dissonant style that i'm uh yeah it's it's a, a bit of a mid-album slump for me i think at this point I mean, I think there's a really good riff half buried under the screaming in this one. Yeah. And um, it pops up during the chorus to say hello, mm. much like a floater. <laughs> <laughs> but at this at this point, I was like, what's this guy? What's this guy singing about? So mm. I was getting my little um, inline uh, iTunes lyric search. And it's like, Christ, the lyrics in this album are so bleak. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I think what's what's interesting about the genre is that unlike most music, it doesn't need to rhyme or even particularly harmonize. And yeah, so yeah. it's just kind of dark screamed poetry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and it's interesting because I, I could imagine this, you know, scrawled in a, a 16-year-old's emo notebook. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's a, but it's still a pretty self-aware teenager. And there's there's a bit of a wry humor to this. Like yeah. it's it's all it's all quite knowing and, and tongue-in-cheek. So, yeah. and I think that, that that carries it through in something that was a bit more po-faced and self-serious, wouldn't? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think as well, as with any artist, um, Keith's uh, lyric lyricisms and and vocals have, have have really improved on later work. He's a little bit more. He he, he maintains a lot of that, like you say, dry wit and a bit of uh, tongue-in-cheek uh, sort of lyricism in his work. Uh, you always get a bit of humour in there, but yeah, like you say, he is quite bleak and very dark in his. Uh, his lyricism but uh yeah an interesting fact. let's let's put it that but way it's a, that's inter- <laughs> it's interesting that you you think it's improved because i'm not a not an expert by any means but i had a look at some of the sort of album reviews in places like sputnik music to yeah. see what the consensus was about what was really good and what was really bad mm. and one of the things that people had said as they moved with um gutter phenomenon onto roadrunner the people not necessarily a sellout phase but people felt like um, obviously, Jared Way from My Chemical Romance appeared in that, which yeah, yeah. and what, uh, he guessed in one of the tracks, which turned a few people off. I don't really know; I'm nothing against the guy. But, no, 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 absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people felt that the lyrics, his lyrics, have got a bit less interesting and a bit more kind of cliched over time. No, that's fair. That's fair. So it's, so it's interesting that you'd say they've they've matured, and I, you know, maybe part of that is is bringing more of a, a songwriting craft into it. Which, yeah, I just feel you know, like as you as you smooth off the the rough edges. The the fans who who like the the chaotic days are maybe a bit more turned off. Yeah, so, yeah. but you've but you've been there a while, so it's interesting to hear. I just I just think just fine. Yeah, I I think they genuinely have improved as songwriters. I just I don't think there's anything wrong with being more memorable and you know catchy as things move on. I think that's that shows you know um, honing your craft almost basically. You know, it's being I would being more memorable. That, I think is quite important for music. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being I, interesting and memorable, but I just think uh, if you're gonna put forward you know well-crafted music there's something that should there should hook you in and uh you know a, a good riff or a good groove so that would absolutely do that i mean that given that that is pretty much what i said two songs ago about wanting more grooves and wanting the riffs to last longer yeah. i yeah wholeheartedly agree <laughs> um, and i dipped into what's the what's the latest what's their latest album low called? teens is their latest album. L- low teens yeah. yeah i listened to the first couple of tracks off that and i, I thought it was definitely a bit bit easier to swallow than, than yeah, this one yeah. no, you, you always pick the hard ones you always pick the hard ones <laughs> <laughs> so uh moving on from uh Floto, we have in the event that everything should go terribly wrong <laughs> a very emo sounding title isn't it um oh, definitely yeah <laughs> i'd say this is more of an interlude more than anything else it's a slow sort of meandering jam almost with like no vocals yeah it's kind of a bit keith bit, himself bit, doom, bit doomy yeah, yeah um i mean i i thought it was actually you know i, I can kind of 
take or leave the the slow mid album tracks but this one i thought was pretty pretty welcome break from the proceedings it yeah yeah no, kind of eases off the gas a bit but it's not like a cheesy ballad it doesn't, no, doesn't not slow things down some nice much. texture to it as well it's got like this sort of haunting reverby female vocal going on um nobody from the actual band it's a guest piece but um yeah it just cuts things up a little bit you know gives you a gives you a bit of a break because it's about to attack you with the song I previously mentioned as being the first I ever heard, and that is Evolorama. Um, so how do you feel about Evanorama? I've already spoken about it a little bit. Um, um, I liked it. I thought it was pretty, pretty thrashy. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that makes sense because, you know, thrash bands like Metallica and Slayer were heavily influenced by hardcore music and, you know, Metallica's done like Damage Inc. where it's basically lots of like hardcore punk covers. Yeah, yeah. And I think Slayer might have done an album in that vein as well. Yes, they did. And Undisputed Attitude, yeah. I uh, I really like the drumming in this track. There's just fills all over the place. Oh. There's an awful lot, an awful lot going on in three minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's it's such a wild, progressive, crazy monster of a track. Loads of loads of riffs. I really enjoy on this one. Um, just a big hardcore beast for most of it. Um, but again, we get that lovely sort of like metalcore. Chug, 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 wee, wee, like uh, sort of, it's so like nostalgic yep, yep. that sound to me. Like that is a, such a metalcore sounding riff. Um, I love hearing it. it. It really reminds me of like late nineties, early two thousands metalcore. And um, yeah, it's it's a great track. It, it's it's very nostalgic for me. This this song in particular. Well, I, I'm I'm glad you like it. <laughs> no, I think it's I can I can see how um, this one hooked you in. Yeah. I think if um you know if uh if off Broadway had been the the track you'd heard in Kerrang TV that fateful night that they um <laughs> you know the, the course of your musical journey might have gone very differently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, even if you came into it via maybe I've been gone a long time, I think that's quite um uh unrepresentative of the rest of the record. Let's put it that way. So yeah, you could. It's it's interesting how much this runs the gamut of styles almost um but in such a yeah i i don't know i don't know if there is a track that's truly representative of this i mean it probably is one of the 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 stranger ones like like floater or romeo agogo because it's such a Mm. diverse album you've got hooky you could definitely do an ep of all the the hooky sludgy mastodonian tracks yeah yeah totally totally and then you could and then you could do a an ep of all the really weird hardcore you know, just just the the downright strange stuff like she's my Rushmore and floater and yeah, yeah. and I think the two would probably stand alone as you know two different continents of music. Yeah, yeah, no, completely, completely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I feel like it would probably be this Sebelarama or, or um, maybe Godspeed Us to See being like a, a very good example of what sort of encapsulates their sound. It's that sort of you know chaotic hardcore but also with that like screwy metalcore riff going on somewhere yeah, uh, yeah. Un- underpinning it yeah. yeah absolutely okay uh we then move on to the final two tracks we've got hit of the search party which again is another sort of chaotic dissonant hardcore rager i suppose uh riffs aren't as memorable as a as i've already mentioned with with a lot of the other dissonant tracks on this uh it, it feels like they just sort of take a bit of a back seat to just being crazy and chaotic and a bit 
out there. Yeah, um, being loud, loud and aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Which is this one fine, I guess. <laughs> That's okay if you like that sort of thing. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I, I think uh, definitely the guitars like are quite. It's quite a high clangy riffiness to it, which, yeah, which yeah. is very distant compared to the more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's more. Yeah, yeah. Lots so of that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, I think uh, with this one, it's interesting because I made earlier comments about how, you know, it's all kind of poetic and strange and it um doesn't need to rhyme but in this in this song there it is a rhyme which is we'll we'll skin you alive we'll poke out your eye kind of rhymes, doesn't it <laughs> oh that's very slipknot isn't it <laughs> uh, yes I, uh, yeah it is, it is. <laughs> i do love angry young men writing bad poetry eh? <laughs> Something and, about that's, it. and that's part of this is that it's um it's um prototypical music for prototypical people absolutely and it's and it's you know it's okay that it's a bit disjointed and weird because the band were still finding themselves yeah, and yeah you at the time were trying to find what what you were into as well absolutely so it's totally totally normal mm-hmm, um, but i think yeah definitely not not a not a standout track from no, the album for me anyway and sadly i think um the last track uh pornography uh kind of suffers from a similar sort of thing for me <laughs> Um, lots of weird dissonant guitar work on this one as well, and Buckley's sort of weird off kilter singing comes back in full display as well, um, which it's 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 probably a bit of a sticking point in this album in particular. I, I I much prefer his singing later on, and I don't think he's honed his craft just yet on this one. So you get songs like this where he just sounds a bit sort of drunken almost. <laughs> um, so with their with their first album, do you find that the singing is much the same or worse? Like well, like I say, a, I haven't... This is a notable progression. I haven't heard the first album in particular. This this is kind of my entry point to them. So I ah, feel like... okay, so you never, never went back and listened no, to No, never it? gone back to... Just because I've never heard anybody sort of like stand for it, you know, like... Uh, oh, you know, the first album's a great one. You don't really hear that much from the fan community, to be honest with you. It's, it's very much a... Hot Dam's kind of the the starting point i think for a lot of people um and did you just use the word stan as a verb i did yes i'm sorry about that i'm not sure if i'm okay with this we'll see don't don't do it again (laughs) how dare you how dare you um i'm sorry we'll have have no we'll have no 2010s slang on this podcast (laughs) Uh, all our all our pop culture references begin in the late 80s and the end in the mid 90s we've we've talked about this before yeah that's fair it will date this horribly if i if i keep doing that so yes uh, (laughs) no Um, no more than all my my simpsons jokes and zz top references (laughs) and stuff you know oh we are definitely uh children of a generation eh? um (laughs) i think this like this one you've got another fairly fairly twangly twangly southern rock riff yeah um quite mastodonian a bit of what i thought was a bit of a skate punk breakdown in the middle yeah i can hear that yeah um, totally 
and towards the end you've got these big big fat riffs carrying it off mm-hmm. so not i i i didn't think it was entirely unpleasant I no think no I just sort of i think by this point i just kind of tuned out or grown to tolerate the vocals yeah yeah and for me as well like even when i'm criticizing the sort of uh like i say the sort of atonal sort of dissonant tracks um I don't dislike them by any means. I, I enjoy the style. I enjoy this type of music. And what with it being so short, it's very difficult for you to sort of like have a moment where it's like, oh, I really didn't like that. Because it's over so quick, you just move on to something that's probably going to be more to <laughs> yeah, your taste. Well, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. So it's fine. So yeah, absolutely. But yes, it was really, really nice to revisit this. Um, I haven't listened to it for a little while. And um, yeah, I found myself just sort of like having a bit of a bedroom mosh for, for half an hour on my own and really, really enjoying it myself. Uh, really enjoy coming back to this one a lot. Um, how about yourself? Uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I stand for it. <laughs> um, I think I, think I at, at my, my first listen through of this was a disaster and I thought, <laughs> oh, oh God, how am I even going to talk about this for yeah, five yeah. minutes? Because it just sounded like a big, a big hot mess. Yeah. And... Um, and that was that was partly my fault for listening to it on a run <laughs> and uh, not being able to take notes on my phone. Yeah, but yeah. Um, as I dipped into it over the past couple of days, I think I definitely I really liked bits of it. I really mm. liked some of the some of the things in it. Um, the 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 riffs and the the sludgy groovy bits I could really get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, they the vocals left me pretty cold. Mm. Um, but I think it, it's part of you know where it, where it came in their career and um, it's not. It wouldn't preclude me from listening to other stuff, and I'd definitely be keen to listen to some of the later albums just to give them a crack as well. Okay, okay. So um, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm, so let's let's uh, have a crack at favourite tracks then. I'm going to guess yours might be I've Been Gone a Long Time. Um, yeah, I think that's about right. It would either be that one or um, Godspeed Us to See, but I think since the, the latter left me wanting... At the end, it's probably going to be um, I've been gone a long time, so that was okay. a good guess. Oh, fair enough. I mean, for you, you I'll probably just guess a Bullarama because that that seems like yeah, I, I feel like classic I, for you. I, so I feel like I may have uh, let on the nostalgia a little bit too heavily on Bullarama because I wouldn't say it was my favourite song, but um, like you, I think Godspeed Us to See is probably my favourite song. So you, mm. I don't know, I know you said mm. I've been gone a long time, probably your favourite, but you you would have maybe pick that or Godspeed Us to See, but I think that one totally does it for me. And I, I think it's mainly because it encapsulates them very well. Big groovy metalcore riff, um, lots of sort of chaotic hardcore leanings, but there's that lovely sort of hate breed esque bass drop as well, which I really enjoy. Um, it's just got pretty much what I want from Every Time I Die, all encapsulated in one lovely song. So, yeah. Godspeed Us I've to See for actually, me. I've never actually listened to much hate breed, partly because I think the name sounds similar to Godsmack, even mm. though they're totally different, totally different genres. Might be one I have to recommend in the future, then. Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> what albums? To, to someone who wanted to di- dive further into this, what kind of albums would you recommend? So, I've got a couple of picks. Um, my... Straight off the bat, I always think of them uh, whenever I think of Every Time I Die. It's Cancer Bats. Um, and I went for their debut album, Birthing the Giant. Basically, Cancer Bats like to do that whole southern rock, groovy, sort of bluesy uh, hardcore. And uh, I think if you enjoyed that element of Every Time I Die, you're going to very much enjoy Cancer Bats. I think they they basically highlight that as uh, their kind of key musical sound, I guess. And uh, yeah, Birthing the Giant is very much... Uh, um, the first step in their career, and well, it's their first album, obviously, but uh, at the same time, it's a little bit more chaotic. It, they don't go as groovy and sludgy as they do with the later records. Um, but that first album in particular, very sort of 
Southern rock inspired hardcore record. Totally, totally worth checking out if you haven't heard Cantabats before. And my second pick, uh, I'm going to go for a bit of British hardcore punk. I'm going to go for The Ghost of a Thousand with New Hopes and New Demonstrations, also on Epitaph Records. Um, a nice, again, groovy hardcore punk record, uh, very much in keeping with uh, the sort of I've been gone a long time sort of style of this album. Um, really, really catchy, really, really memorable. Great riffs. Uh, if you like, if you like catchy hardcore punk, I think uh, Ghosts of a Thousand are going to be for you. Unfortunately, they didn't last very long. New Hopes and New Demonstrations was their last album and only their second, but very much the highlight of their career. Well worth checking out if you enjoyed the more melodic moments on Every Time I Die's Hot Damn. I think that's the only podcast where someone's going to say, you're going to really enjoy Cancer Bats. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the Cancer Bats are loose. They're biting people. It's not going well. You're really not going to enjoy the Cancer Bats. Hopefully I didn't pick anything that you also picked. Uh, so what would you recommend, Alan? No. So I, I, was, I was trying to think about what could I go that was more towards my leaning. So it still had that kind of, I don't know, hardcore, post-hardcore feel to it. Okay. But also was more towards my leanings. Yep. So I picked a... Uh, well, I think is a, probably a post-hardcore classic, which is um, Thrice with um, Artist in the Ambulance. Oh, so I've never listened to Thrice at all. So Thrice are a bit weird. Okay. And um, they, but that one, I, I think, is just uh, every every track's a belter. Mm. Really good hardcore album. I, I was actually listening to it a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's always in circulation for me. Um, a lot of their later albums get a bit more increasingly spiritual and weird but yep. they're generally still pretty tight mm. but um artists in the ambulance would be a good one i think good a good starting point for that mm, um the the other one of theirs that's good that i'm actually trying to desperately look up <laughs> is um the illusion of safety which okay. is the one before that but artist in the ambulance is 2003 so it's actually the same year yep, yep. as hot damn i would have i would imagine both bands would have found themselves on a uh, on a festival lineup uh to be honest with you around this sort of time they sort of they have that vans warp tour kind of thing uh um, yeah every time i die are always sort of on that Oz, sort of Oz, Ozfest yeah, and, yeah. and things like that totally um so the other the other one i'd recommend i can't remember if i recommended this before mm. um was um an album by shadows fall have i ever recommended a shadows fall oh yeah you start writing these down yeah totally god i probably <laughs> probably okay so um the one i was going to recommend is called fire from the sky which okay. i think is a really good example of a great melodic metalcore album. Okay, yep. Um, pretty much everything Shadows Fall have done is really good, mm. but that one is uh, that's got some of the the tastiest solos you'll ever hear in your life. Lovely, lovely. Um, if I recommended that before, um, listen to Kill Switch. <laughs> yeah, choice. yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think if you listen to this back to back with something like obviously Kill Switch is alive or just breathing, yeah. or um, pretty much anything by Shadows Fall, who are contemporaries of them yeah. um that'll give you an idea of what the difference is between metalcore and melodic metalcore yeah yeah absolutely. Um, or even when we covered bullet from a valentine's the poison that's another kind of it's another melodic metalcore absolutely album, really, yep, yep absolutely yeah good stuff so yeah um some further listening for you all um but yes uh, brings us to the end of our episode on every time i die's hot damn 
Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we can be found on all the social medias. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cast iron show. You can find us on Twitter at cast iron show. You can find us on Instagram, which we're really, really enjoying using, which is at cast iron show as well. And obviously, if you want everything from the horse's mouth, so you can go to cast iron show.co.uk and get all our back catalogue there. Uh, please go and find us on iTunes, rate and recommend us. Five stars, please. Only five stars. Thank you. We would like to move <laughs> yeah. up the charts. We don't want you. We don't want your get... three stars. Nobody wants to be mediocre. <laughs> Just one and a feed, one and feedback, <laughs> or five and praise. That's all we want. Yep. All that stuff really helps us get the exposure that we need to reach more people, and that it would be very appreciated. So, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Cast Iron. I've been Lewis Clark, and he has been Alan Williamson. And join I us next indeed. time for some thrash. Oh, I don't don't spoil it because <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll come out because it'll come out six months from now. And people will have been too too excited. But yes, thank you very much for tuning in, guys. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>